0: full service radio,
1: full
2: service, radio. full service,
0: full service, full
2: service, full
0: service radio. Welcome to Windows Seat, broadcasted live on full service radio from the line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. My name is Omari. My co-host isn't here today. He uh, took a trip to, va- to Jamaica. So uh, he may drop in. I don't know. He's trying to get back. But um, as always, we got Jack holding us down in the booth. What's up, Jack? Yes, yes. What's good? And uh, today we have two very, very, very special guests, um, Ethos and Josh. They're here from uh, Catharsis on the Mall, which is a a yearly event that they hold. They are organizers, artists, um, fundraisers. They do it all. Yep, that's right. How you doing, guys? Where did it pause, Jack? For our guest.
1: Oh, okay there, no, Jack. There we go. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. There we go.
0: Jack said he would hold me down today. He's slipping from the jump. <laughs> you know, I don't control the audience. So sometimes <laughs> you're right, they're a little you're, slow. That Fair. you're right. True that. So guys, please tell us about uh Catharsis on the mall. What is it about and uh How did it begin?
3: Yeah, so Catharsis on the Mall is a a vigil and um, a a celebratory gathering and First Amendment uh, free speech activity that we've been doing on the National Mall here in D.C., uh, right by kind of between the Washington Monument and the White House for the past three years. So this will be where we do it in November, typically. So this will be the this upcoming November will be the fourth year that we're doing the event. When you say vigil, I think of um, a small group of people standing
0: around, you know, holding candles, talking, but it's a much larger event than
3: that, right? That's right. Yeah, we have had, um, this past year, we we had at least, I would say somewhere between 1,500, maybe 2,000 people uh, come through over the course of the weekend, but we call it a vigil in the sense that we're actually down there on the mall for 24 hours a day for the duration of the time that we're there wow. and uh, holding space for the, it's, it's about two and a half to two, two and a half days. Of the actual event.
0: So are there events for the whole twenty four hours? So overnight this this thing's happening or is it just people hanging out on the mall?
2: Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of different things going on. We hold workshops. Um pretty much the community comes together and they submit their ideas and anything they want to share. So workshops, teach ins, we have yoga, meditation going on. In addition, during the day, we have live music uh-huh. and panel discussions. And then at night, um, we have local de- uh, local DJs come out, and kind of turns into a nightly dance party wow. throughout the entire night.
0: Oh, that's dope! So, what was the motivation to uh, to start this this event?
3: Yeah. So, the people who founded the event, and um, I joined. Early in the process, but not at the very beginning, um, we're really inspired. A lot of uh, ethos, of myself, and a lot of the founders uh, were coming from uh, the the Burning Man community, which I don't know uh, if you have much familiarity with. No, that. No, I don't. So you don't um, really.
0: No. <laughs> okay. Please tell us. Jack obviously is an expert on Burning Man. Oh,
1: <laughs>
3: not say I'm an expert. I don't know. Yeah, Jack. If you want to pitch in at any point. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so Burning Man is a, it's an event that's been happening in a community that's existed for about uh, 30 years now. Wow. Um, and even, you know, had roots going back into the 60s and 70s and a lot of the countercultural stuff that was happening there. And um, really, you know, there's a lot of things, but was, in one sense, is sort of a social experiment. And, you know, what does it mean for a community to come together in different ways and be able to you know, people to express themselves and, and, and be who they are mm-hmm. um, outside of the kind of like social constructs that we're used to experiencing kind of in the mainstream culture, you know, here in America. So um, I think really one of the one of the main, one of the big inspirations for Catharsis on the Mall was uh, folks in the district who had been involved in that community for a number of years and spending time there. And, and a lot of times, um, you know, for example, Burning Man itself happens in the Nevada desert. So it's really about like getting away, getting out. You know, kind of far away, creating a physical distance from sort of the mainstream culture in order mm-hmm. to kind of create these spaces. Um, and so, folks here who also were really involved in, um, you know, a lot of protest movement work saying, like, what would it look like? You know, we've been doing this out in these other spaces for 30 years now. What, what does it look like to actually bring this back and bring some of the things that we've learned, the experiences that we've been able to have into a public place and, um, you know, engage with the general public and, and provide an opportunity for folks who, you know, don't have the ability to make it out to Nevada or to do those kind of things to have a similar taste of that sort of experience.
1: Okay. Man, and the mall might be like the most subversive place you could possibly do something like this in a way. Do you guys feel like that?
2: No, exactly. And the best thing about what we do that makes it also unique is that there is no ticketing. It's completely free. So anyone just walking on the mall, especially during Veterans Day weekend, can literally stumble upon this. And there's all sorts of art installations, like we said, workshops and other things going on. Um, and it brings up a lot of curiosity, and I think a lot of us that are a part of the Burning Man community are really proud of what we do in the desert. And it's, like, seriously an honor to serve our community, not only our local community, but our national community, to bring this, this expression of, of humanity to, to the National Mall and to put it out in front of the public.
0: Was that intentional to hold it uh, Veterans Day weekend? Because you're having it um, over the course from Friday to Sunday this November.
3: Yeah, we I think initially we were doing the event in November. The very first year, it had partly to do with just the fact that the park service let us do more stuff when it's cold and there's you know there's not as much grass growing and stuff like that. We can keep things down a little bit longer. Um, But yeah, the second the second year that we did the event, uh, the theme was specifically around healing from PTSD Mm -hmm. and uh, trying to work with veteran populations and understand their experience. The art theme was uh, our journey home, so it was sort of about like what does it mean to come back and you know what does home mean when you kind of have experienced. Um You know the things that veterans experience, uh and so that year we kind of moved it to Veterans Day weekend and have held it there since then
0: so um I touched on when you're having it, but um this is the third year right well I'm sorry the, the third, fourth, fourth the fourth, fourth year yeah. fourth year
1: and what before before this started um what wh- were you doing any work like this previously, or did this really just come as inspiration from? From being in Burning Man and wanting to have some kind of like satellite event uh, to bring home.
3: Yeah, I think it was some of both of those things. I mean, definitely uh, there were, you know, a number of the founders were very engaged in um, social justice work uh, here in the district, both in terms of local campaigns um, and, you know, things that were happening that were sort of national in scope. Um, And so, like speaking for myself, I had um, I was living in uh, Seattle before I moved here and was engaged in doing large scale art projects and event production work out there. Um, And so I was kind of looking for a way to plug that in. And I think, yeah, there is sort of touching on the subversion thing you were speaking about before, Um, you know, looking at how what were the lessons from what we've done that we can really, you know, like Bernie Man is non is a nonpartisan. It's it's, you know, it's not explicitly political, but, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do around like decommodification and things like that are very relevant. And so looking at how can we bring that to. The space um, of the national mall. Yeah, totally, and I don't think D- people
1: necessarily think of DC when they think of burners, which is interesting to me. And you said there is kind of a healthy community here in the district of people that either have been to Burning Man or share those principles or are part of that community. Um, is that has it has it been like that for a while? Has that community been here?
2: I would say the community definitely has been here for over a decade. Yeah, um, and they're really active actually in the local community. There's like every two weeks we have an event called Sunset and Chill where fire spinners come out and local djs perform and we all just gather and it's grown huge in just a matter of a month and like now like last week we had over a hundred people
3: probably a couple hundred people yeah
2: yeah and then like even at flash a lot of our uh, burner djs are there like the community is really well engaged and offer, also offering art spaces and working with other um, artists and how we can support them in their art spaces such as uptown art house um, femme fatale um and the omi collective um we're just the burner community is just really ingrained i think in washington dc a lot of us try to leave for a second and then we just get boomeranged right back to come come do the work at least that's been my experience um it's really special out here what what's going on
1: amari we really gotta we gotta get get you to burning man yeah as
0: they were talking about it i was thinking i need to go to this i need to do it yeah yeah. i definitely want to come to the event in november but even the small events that she saw i'm talking about burning man yeah I i the smaller events, the Burning Man events, definitely I want to go. The main event. The, the in, main in, in event in Nevada. Nevada, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Let me start with uh with catharsis and then uh, when <laughs> <laughs> when is the one in Nevada?
2: Um, end of August usually of every year, like right before Labor Day yes, weekend. Yes, the week before
3: Labor Day. Yeah.
0: I've never done it. So, what feedback do you guys get from people uh, like me who are first timers?
2: I would say actually the, the beautiful thing of what we do because it is free and it makes it so accessible uh, Accessible is that, is that this is their first burn. And a lot of times um, if you talk to anyone that has been to a Burning Man or a Burning Man type event or affiliated event, it's usually pretty transforma- transformational for them um, because what we're doing is that we're, we're allowing space for the different modalities of healing to happen. And that includes dance, movement, um, education, education. Even some touching on some topics of spirituality and also community, and having the the space to just express yourself and dance and do whatever you want for a whole weekend, um, really changes people's lives and makes them reevaluate how they can like how they can literally create their life instead of just like going through the motions of like a nine to five job. So, mm. a lot of people are really transformed, and, and the entire event is put on by the community. It's a volunteer based event because it is free um and and because it's changed so many people's lives we have quite an extensive volunteer base and that just shows like how much catharsis affects people in this community. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing that it it is very much an experiment for us. It is one of the, you know, first spaces that we are really making taking this experience that kind of has been honed in the desert over a long period of time and mm-hmm. in all these other kind of smaller events um and really bringing that into a public space and looking at what does it mean for us to be engaging with, you know, passers just pastors by on the street. Um, or, you know, on the mall, people that are there that have no idea that that's what they're going to be walking into. And I think it's, it's been a huge learning experience for us. And I think also in terms of our, our organizing and the way that we're trying to engage artists and working with, you know, communities and artists and folks that have been engaged in D.C. for a long time but haven't been a part of that community, how we're able to kind of, you know, provide an opportunity for them to have that experience. So we've learned a lot. And I think, you know, some people don't get it. Some people, we kind of, it doesn't have that connection point. But other people will come and say... I think the biggest feedback that I hear is it really is about the community and the people. And people come, and there's just this sense of immediacy of just people will talk to each other and be kind to each other and hug each other and just come and be like, this thing's happening right now. Why don't you come and be a part of this too or, or whatever it is? And I think that's, you know, for me, that's one of the most special parts of kind of going to these faraway spaces. So to be able to bring that. Actually, my parents came this year for the first time, and that was one, really? of, the, yeah, um, that was one of the things that my mom specifically said. She was like, yeah, everyone was just so... Just this, just this immediate connection and intimacy that you just don't experience in everyday life. So the, it it's free
0: to any age, you would say. I mean, yeah. it, it can accommodate older people and younger people. Absolutely,
3: yeah. It's been. I think the yeah, we've been particularly the daytime. We've been really trying to focus on like family friendly content. You know, live music that's very engaging for everyone. Okay. Uh, different workshops and opportunities to make art and things like that. That you know, where the kids get excited about.
0: Okay. So if there were people that wanted to make it a family day and bring their six year olds and they could come and have absolutely we
3: would love that absolutely
2: i think like the daytime we have tons of strollers and tons of families out there and not only that is the arts interactive Mm -hmm. um so they get to engage in art that they don't have to go into a museum to see it's actually outdoors and just it's it's quite a scene to like be able to see all these things that usually you see in nature hidden away and to see it right next to the washington monument right next to the white house and it's uh i I don't even know what I can I don't even think I can really put words to it's how it feels. Surreal. But yeah, it, it's quite it's quite an amazing place to be and, and it's the last four, three, three years we had also like a school bus that turned into a giant golden dragon. Wow. So imagine having like a school bus size golden dragon sitting on the national mall. Right. And and so it's it's a lot of fun for the kids and a lot of fun for families and I think just for the community in general, so
0: I'm glad you said that, because I heard of uh, this event last year, and what I heard mostly was that it's an opportunity to go party and get high, basically, on the mall, and I think that was the coolest thing, that you're free to go on the mall in D.C. and party and and get high, but that's not family-friendly, first of all, but that's not what this is about. Is it?
3: Yeah, it's definitely not what it's about. I mean... The, I mean, for one thing, we're on federal land, uh, so all federal laws and things like that are still in place, and um, you know, we really want to encourage people to be following to be following those things, obviously. Right. Um, so, you know, for us, I think it is as certainly as organizers is about sort of creating the, um, yeah, just creating that experience. It's a, it's a magical experience, um, and. I would say, you know, the kind of vibe that you're going to get if you're coming at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning maybe is a little bit different than what you're going to get at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for us, it is really about that container. And I think, you know, one of the things that has allowed us to do the event and working with the Park Service is this idea that to have that kind of experience of being with 100 people and all being dancing, you know, all night. And um, we do this big... We burn this big art piece on Saturday night as well. Um, Oh, wow. You do? Yeah, we do. um, That that's actually... is a a spiritual experience and is actually a a valid form of political speech as well as something that is important um, to be able to dance and have those kind of spaces and do those things. So we do, I mean, you know, the first year of the the event, the theme was about healing from the war on drugs. It was right after cannabis had been legalized in the district. We did have a lot of speech and art and things about that. And, um, you know, we do work closely with people that are on the cutting edge in terms of psychedelic research and things like that. So we, we talk very openly about those things. We feel like that's a very important healing modality to be talking about in this time. Um, but but yeah, I mean, we're on federal property, so we're...
2: It's definitely something we don't, I mean, we don't encourage um, because all federal laws apply on federal land. But like we said, like Josh mentioned, um, one of the 10 principles is radical inclusion. And that means all sorts of things. And I just really want to touch, like, actually, um, I am a big advocate for psychedelics personally myself. Um, it's changed my life. And I'm very open about that.
0: What's a psychedelic?
2: So I'd say psychedelics is an entheogen or something that produces a mind-altering state. Um, So that's anything from caffeine to tobacco to um, alcohol, and then that includes um, LSD, MDMA, um, mushrooms, and many other, ayahuasca, washuma, a bunch of other plant medicines also. Um, And I would like to say that... um, at at Burning Man it's an experiment it's an actual city it's not a festival like they literally create a city and I think this year the statistics were like 44 like it was very low very low for having 75,000 people out there where there is a, a known use of drugs and alcohol and whatnot and whatnot out there so like I think it's really important to also know that that the use of psychedelics is not harming kids and it's not putting people in in these situations like I just want to I'm having a hard time like trying to talk about it but I think it's important that we start changing the way that we view these psychedelics and what their use is and of course there's important things like such as setting and and being aware um but we want to have a perspective of harm reduction and not continue to perpetuate those ideologies that the war on drugs put out there on psychedelics um But when it comes to catharsis, obviously, we're on federal land, once again. (laughs) Those laws apply. But I just wanted to, like, just bring that in a little bit because that's really important to my mission and my life and my lifestyle. Yeah,
1: and if you're a new listener to Window C, we actually did have a really good in-depth conversation with last week's guest about this that I thought was also really important. Um, A lot of the same principles came up last week in terms of that. Um, Before, Amari, before you jump in, I had one question about the – the art that you're burning on Saturday is there? Is there permitting you need to do to to get yes. that approval? Yes, there's a lot oh of permitting. And approval. Yeah, I can imagine so yeah. it's a lengthy process. How did you? How do you convince them? Like, hey, listen, this is part of a process. This is part of the catharsis. The art.
3: Yeah, it's um, basically just working closely with them to demonstrate. You know, we had there was a process to demonstrate that this was uh, a really important form, again, of of spiritual expression, uh, which is, you know, a First Amendment protected speech, which is one of the primary purposes of the National Mall. And then working with them to um, convince them basically that this was something that we could do safely, um, that we were not going to be causing significant damage to the grass or the turf. I mean, we try not to cause any damage um, as well as, you know, safety for for people that are there. Um, and since this is such a, you know, it's a big part of what happens at Burning Man, which actually is also on federal land. So the Bureau of Land Management land, um, where they've been doing much, much, much bigger burns for 30 years. So demonstrating that we, you know, have, um, all the skills and equipment that we need to do that in a very, very safe way. Safety is obviously really paramount when you're doing something like that.
1: Do you almost position it in a way to them, like a religious, um, ritual or something like like uh, you know or or is it under the lens of art right? i
3: would say it's it's not even i wouldn't say that it's positioning it i think that it is it is a it is a form of spiritual expression right. and so so just kind of diving into that a little bit more it's been i think the first year that it happened at burning man was in 2001 there's been a practice so for the last 18 years of actually constructing uh a structure that they that's referred to as the as the temple it's a it's a temple. It's a, you know, a, a humanist spiritual temple, not devoted to any particular sort of religious tradition, um, that is a space for people to come and leave offerings and kind of have, um, you know, sacred experience, um, whatever that means to them. And it's been something that's been really powerful. In many ways, it's sort of is the heart of that event, and something that's been duplicated in a number of the other sort of related events uh, over the years. I don't know, Ethos, if you want to talk about any of your experiences with that.
2: Yeah, and um, we had a really beautiful opportunity to actually have the Burning Man founders out here in D.C. last week. Um, and Crimson Rose, one of the founders of Burning Man, was talking about sacred fire and how it's a int- there's an intimate relationship between ritual and fire, and it's across many cultures. All the way into the Pacific, all the way into Asia, um, fire has been used as ritual and as a way of burning things away. Including, like, um, when I visited Peru, we we were in a call or a sweat lodge and used fire to, you know, release and to let go of things. And we want to bring that also out here. Our uh, our temple lead and builder, um, Michael Verdin, he had a case back before, right before uh, Catharsis was founded. Um, and he wanted to burn a temple at George Mason across the river, and he, he set precedent for that to be able to happen in the DMV area, and we're very fortunate to have mm-hmm. him on yeah. our team.
3: Yeah, Michael's an amazing temple builder and, and effigy burn lead, um, who's really, I mean, it is, you know, the, basically the park service has to change, has to update the regulations every year based on what we're doing, really kind of blazing new territory, no pun intended, <laughs> um, around that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the experience that we're trying to create. So people will come to the temple and leave things or write notes or things like that and then have the experience. And it's, I mean, it's unbelievable at Burning Man. It's like 40,000, 50,000 people all kind of sitting in a big circle around this temple, sitting silently and just experiencing this thing burning that everybody has come and kind of poured all of these things into over the course of the week um, and held as this very sacred space. And then just releasing that, having that be burned and be gone. Um, so that's what we're kind of are trying to do and have done, cre- creating a space like that on the mall for people in DC to have a similar experience.
2: Have you guys been able to go to the Renwick and see the Temple exhibit at all?
3: I haven't done any of those things.
0: You <laughs> gotta get out. But uh, I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta. I'm learning from this show that I definitely need to get out more. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, going to, I wouldn't have known what it was honestly before. If I would have seen it, I still wouldn't have understood yeah. what it was. So I'm thankful for you guys giving me this information and then other people that Thank you. that don't know. Yeah. Giving them that information, giving them the information as well. What if I? F- so, for my background um, is in the social human services mm-hmm. field, and usually the idea is to go and talk to someone one on one and open up to them. And you guys are describing the environment where um, it's a it's a it's a larger opportunity for you to um, get in touch or deal with whatever emotional trauma you may be carrying. Mm-hmm. So, but what if I don't feel comfortable in that space? Are there people that I can there that I can talk to one-on-one? Or is that not something that...
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's actually... like The whole way that we provide health and security and mm-hmm. safety at, at Catharsis on the Mall and at festivals in Burning Man is very much in a harm reduction way. So we there's an organization and a group called Zendo. Okay. And they're all about harm reduction. And if you did need that one-on-one time... They have trained uh, volunteers or um, sometimes at Bernie Man at larger scale, they actually have therapists and people that want to pr- give services right. to people that need that support. We also have another group called Sanctuary who does the same thing. And then the Rangers, the, I, I'm learning so much about Rangers this year. And Rangers, um, they provide safety, but they also, the way that they engage in situations that are questionable or maybe someone needs help is very much in just holding space and being there for a person and seeing what the situation is and asking them what's going on. Um, so I think, like, the whole approach that Burning Man in general that has given us the example of is to be able to tune in and be aware of where people are at in their experiences and and to provide that support um, for all sorts of people. I have definitely used to be that person that needed that one-on-one support for sure, and it right. took me a while to be able to open up um, to have, like, kind of group faci- like. Facilitation or even like integration circles and whatnot
0: and I was also uh happy to hear that it's an inclusive environment, like you said, your parents came and they would everyone was welcoming because if I wanted to go and I don't have any friends or family that are into you know the, the what yep. you guys are offering, I can go by myself and I would still have a good time, and I would probably meet some people that would support me throughout the the weekend, right yeah.
2: Exactly. I mean, I would say that I know quite a few people that are really close to me now that actually first originally met at Catharsis. And I would say actually a majority of my community now I've met at Catharsis. And those people I consider my family um, at this point, a year year from my first involvement. That's
0: good. We... um... Are broadcasting live from the line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. This is Full Service Radio. We are here with Ethos and John from uh, uh presenting Catharsis on the the Mall. Is that how we could say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: we're here talking about it.
0: Um, I was reading through the uh, your website and I saw that you. Well, at first, well, and you were telling me earlier that this was from last year, but it seemed like you guys have a um, a focus on women's rights. And it was a statue that you wanted to to have on the mall, and then it was approved, and then it wasn't approved. Is that something that you're going to have this year?
2: Um, so every year we, we create a different art theme um, mm-hmm. to kind of just, like, guide the message that we want to put out as a group, um, and especially as an organizing group. And last year we focused on uh, nurturing the heart, um, which we t- entailed with uh, the rise of feminine equality, or e- I want to say equity, um, and the and the ERA, which is the Equal um, Rights Amendment, because um, right now women actually don't have constitutional rights in our Constitution. They're equal not mentioned. equal protection, yeah. Equal protection, um, and uh, thank you for that correction. And and it's been a big push because it all it, all it takes is two more states to ratify the ERA um, for women to get um, equal protection in our in our Constitution. So we wanted to highlight that last year. So we invited uh, Marco Cochran... Um, to bring um, a statue out called "Our Evolution that represented um, the feminine, like feminine power and embodiment um, through a woman standing in mountain pose. And, and yeah, it was, it, it was quite a beautiful experience. Unfortunately, we got everything set up, we were getting the fundraising coming, it was like on its way out here. And then uh, two weeks before, The event, the NPS decided that it's something they didn't want on the mall and revoked our permit for it. And unfortunately, it wasn't able to make it out. Um, But a lot of a lot of amazing things happened after that unfolded. After that, like the the Women of Catharsis came together and we put together a 26 foot scaffolding and did like a really like amazing blend of about 26 different women on that scaffolding and and it was quite it was quite. a lot of resilience in the women in our organization to like actually feel that direct hit um, of sexism and misogyny. Um, but our response, I think, was beautiful just to create art in response to it instead of just destroying or being down about it. We came together and created something beautiful.
3: Yeah, it was really, it was interesting. I think we've seen us the last couple of years with catharsis where there's sort of a some kind of synchronicity or something at play around the things that we're talking about and thinking about and kind of what's coming up and sort of the public consciousness at the same time. So we actually have been planning to bring the sculptures, like a 45 foot sculpture, this woman um, for over a year. We've been talking and thinking about it. And then it ended up the timing was such that the Me Too movement was basically all those stories started breaking and all that stuff started coming up uh-huh. about two months before the event. Um, And we had something similar happen this year where we were, uh, we had already put in the permit for our event and there's been this whole thing in DC about this military parade that was going to happen and all that, that that was actually scheduled for the same, they've since have postponed it or we hope canceled it um, last month, but that was planning to, that was scheduled at the same time as we were doing our event, basically in the same space, we were going to be in the middle of that. So it's, it's been interesting to watch that unfold and just kind of be present it's not something that we're really controlling or planning you know
0: right and you taught you touched on it earlier but you have a focus this year on the military right the ptsd or um yeah those suffering from ptsd
2: maybe. yeah i i think our theme this year kind of we kind of looked at catharsis as a whole and the journey that we've been on from our first from our first theme uh which was the war on drugs um and then leading up to our journey home talking about ptsd and veterans um, and then the year after that, Nurturing the Heart. And we were like, what's the next step in the journey? And this year, we talk, our theme is Waking from the American Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I think that resonates across not only this country, but the nation. Um, that this American Dream and these stereotypes and normatives and systems of power aren't working for the diverse group of human beings that we are. And I think we're all steadily waking from that and realizing that this dream is collapsing and mm-hmm. it's time to start recreating a new dream that advocates for the world that we want to be a part of. Um, yeah. Well, Josh, you want yeah, to
3: Yeah. I mean, that? I think that it's really, uh, you know, that theme also was informed by the fact that we thought there was going to be this big military parade happening in D.C. at the same time that we're doing this. And, um, you know, just I think it really speaks to our intention with this event and that it is like all of the, all of the organizers, core organizers, I think, have like very deep held Principles and, and, and analysis around um, you know what's happening politically and culturally in our nation right now and social justice uh, and the lack of social justice that exists here and so so we really you know that's what we're kind of putting this event into that space in a really intentional way and with that also recognizing that this sort of conflict-based like no you're wrong but no but you're wrong and kind of like fighting and and having it always be this conflict-based thing. Is not, that's not serving us. Like, that's a part of the system that's causing these problems. Right. Um, And so trying to, Look at it as like we're not, you know, like I think the way that we talked about it is like it's waking from the American dream. It's recognizing that this thing that we're calling the American dream that so many people have, you know, poured so much of themselves into this belief of the world working this way is not actually the way that it works. Right. Like our, the nation was founded on, um, you know, like genocide of indigenous people and and the enslavement of, um, you know, black people that are coming from Africa and all these other. And and that's like that's like physically we're on the National Mall, which is the space that it was built on that, like literally, like literally built on that. Right. Um, and so trying to say like, that's, you know, we we're ready to wake up from that. We're ready for everybody to understand that that's what the origin of this has been all along. And, and recognizing that that's the thing that's kind of happening in the consciousness right now is people are for a lot of people, you know, who haven't been awake to that, um, that they're thinking that that's, that that's what, you know, with the current administration, everything that that's, they're having that experience. And we're saying, we want you to see that it's been this way for a long time.
0: Do you guys get any pushback? Because uh, some of these things that you're saying can be viewed as controversial to some people. So uh, I'm sure it's not supported always from. Yeah, everywhere.
2: definitely. I mean, we talked about it. We were like, oh, we want to really be non by we want to be nonpartisan in this whole situation. And at the end of the day, this is nonpartisan because no matter on what side that you're on, we're all getting poorer. Our wages are not rising. The cost of living is rising. And at the end of the day, we're all having the same struggles, but we're using using isms racism homophobia transphobia all these different things for us to not relate and come together mm. and this dates back to, all the way to the to the origin uh, to where American racism stemmed from um, because originally the racism was based on you not being Englishmen enough but um, after Kevin's uh, bacon's sorry after Bacon's rebellion it shifted to this to the color of your skin is what what that where that discrimination came from because what happened is poor white farmers and you um, not uni- oh, I'm sorry, I cannot talk right now, but... <laughs> it happens to me it's all the stum- time. <laughs> I'm, like, stumbling, but initially what happened was white poor people uh, around the founding of our country um, came together with black slaves and rose against the elites and the people that were running things, and they saw that happen and, like, the power of the people and broke that apart by creating American racism and what we see today. And And I think, like... I forgot where I was going with that. I just got so into that that moment. I forgot where yeah. I was heading. I mean, I, I think
3: to that question about about do we see? Com- I think we, we do see pushback, and yeah. um, that is definitely. Uh, and and I think we want to create a like it is. Our intention is for it to really be an inclusive space where we invite that, and we want to you know engage with that. And, and we want to
2: talk. We want to talk about it. And we we amongst the organizers spent four months deciding on this theme and actually realizing that this opens up so much dialogue. And for me, I did join the military because I really strongly believed in the American dream for such a long period of my time. Um, and then I realized that that this isn't this isn't okay. And seeing, like, all these people suffering after I moved to Oakland and Chicago and the discrimination that was happening, I was like, whoa, this isn't okay. And on top of that, nuclear war is scary. Like, yeah. it's just complete destruction. And even after being in the military and being a part of the Chemical Corps and, like, learning about it, I'm like... What on earth convinces people to think that this is even okay to treat each other? And I recently read that, you know, I was like, where does war come from? I'm always questioning, where does this come from? Why do we insist on fighting each other? And I read something that said that war comes from us humans, humanity not knowing ourselves. And I think like that's what's one beautiful thing about catharsis and Burning Man is that it encourages space for people to get to know yourself all the way down to your darkest places and all the way to your brightest and your lightest. And um, and yeah, it encur- I, we really want to encourage dialogue. We want to encourage people to talk about it and to explore the depths of that. And the only way for us to really get to know each other and get to know ourselves is by communicating and by creating dialogue and by facilitating those conversations. And we think waking from the American Dream really activates that.
1: So that like self reflection, that's that's a big pillar of of a lot of the uh, the psychedelic experience and um, what a lot of proponents of it would would argue for, where it's like that self reflection, it's a tool to help you along that journey. And um, I've always thought, man, a lot of these people that I completely disagree with, or like really, I hate to say right or left, right, but like some people that are maybe stuck in some old ways of thinking and can't break those modalities, like I wish you could just snap them out of it somehow and maybe a burning man or a psychedelic experience not necessarily having to go hand in hand like maybe that can be a tool to sort of i don't know inspire that change within somebody so i guess the question i have for you is like how do you build that bridge for somebody that maybe? Conservative, And I don't mean that politically. I mean conservative, like traditional, conservative. The idea of like being in the desert with a bunch of people in costumes and art is crazy to them. And they would never even consider it. How do you build that bridge to to try to, to meet them somewhere in the middle or have them meet you somewhere in the middle?
3: Yeah, I think that's a big part of what this experiment of what we're doing with catharsis on the mall is really about. Is experimenting with exactly what you're talking about and trying to answer that question. And I think it's a... Uh, You know, the word catharsis actually means having an experience. I'm going to probably butcher this a little bit, but at least to me, what it means is having the experience of healing. And having something that, you know, has been a a source of harm or pain in your life be be healed. Dictionary
1: says the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or
3: repressed emotions. Did you just
0: look that up, Jack? Um, I'm impressed. Thank (laughs) thank you for that, Jack. Glad that the the record's clear on that. Um,
3: And so having that through direct experience. And so that's really what we're trying to do is create a space where people can have those sort of experiences that aren't the experience that you would typically have going down the street or in engaging in uh, political arguments with your friends over Facebook or like what are the ways that we typically think of these kind of discourses happening or people changing their minds or things like that in this day and age. Um, really thinking that it's about experience. It's about standing around with a thousand other people watching a temple burn that you've gone and like written something down about something that's hard or painful in your life, that right. that's what is gonna cause people to, to connect with each other and through hopefully through that connection Um, Be able to start to break down some of those beliefs and just you know experience things in a different way And it's for us. It's a process too of like every year You know, I think we're coming from this background of like we've been doing this in the desert for a long time in a in a very different kind of space so trying to understand the barriers that we're creating that are causing people to not be able to come and experience that and looking at How can we break those things down? We actually in our mission statement? We put healing ourselves is also like a core part of what we're doing Like we're not trying to say that we have the answers or we know Mm -hmm. how to do it by any means Mm -hmm. um but just figuring out, create a space where we can do that together. And
1: Burning Man's expensive, even if somebody did come to the conclusion, like, yeah, I do want to do this, I need this, I could use this in my life. Like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really think you can get out there for less than a thousand bucks um, on the lower end of things. So is the hope also that these kind of events can can open this sort of experience to a wider audience?
2: Exactly, Um, exactly. And I think that's something that's really radical that Catharsis does, is doing this for completely free and just allowing anyone to walk up on it and, I, and touching back on your other question, I wouldn't underestimate the power of dance and movement. Mm. Everyone loves to dance, everyone loves to move, and that's actually what activated my entire healing experience over the last two years with this community. I showed up to a, a, a morning dance party called Daybreaker, which is a movement taking over the world right now, um, and I just danced, and I can't tell you how healing that was. And, and there's a lot of dancing. There's a lot of movement that goes on in catharsis. We even have a daybreaker that happens usually on Saturday morning. And, and that would, that's usually the major Veterans Day celebrations. And I can't tell you, like, people in their military uniforms are coming over and dancing with everybody because dancing feels good. And it puts out this amazing vibration. And it's just, like, major heart transfers transmission that's why clubs pop off that's why people go out and dance because it feels good but what happens when we facilitate dance when it's sober and on the national mall i think is a big question and so i think um yeah just can't underestimate dance in a really good party you really can't because that's even healing in its own
1: Mm -hmm. omari when's the last time you danced like for real shit
0: i was at a wedding a couple of years ago <laughs> but those are but those i had healing places yeah that's true i had a blast though and that and when i talk about the most fun i had it was probably at this wedding when i danced mm-hmm. I, I i i yeah family or friends Friends, but really friends. close friends. Yeah. I
1: think that's catharsis too. A lot of times at a wedding, you'll see somebody that's been bottling up a lot, maybe a cranky family member, some uncle you never talked to, or some relative you're fighting with, or
0: and then yeah, it's the dance, right? It's on the dance floor. That's when everyone's like, oh, let's let it all go. I don't know what happened to me because I'm not a day. I'm a. I'll two step for two hours, right? <laughs> but this day, I didn't care. I didn't think about who was there, who was watching. It was just me and that's beautiful. A friend of my my. Family and we just we just had a pla- and then after the the um the wedding we went downtown we were dancing some more so we
3: really it was yeah you caught the day. fever then what and I think I think that kind of <laughs> goes back to Omar's question earlier about you know maybe someone's not ready to open up in a big group setting but like maybe something one on one yeah like we really think that we that that as humans we're really conditioned a lot of times in our culture to need permission. To have experiences like that. We need someone to give us permission to do something like that or something. So really looking at can we create a space where people can have, you know, something that is in some ways it's like a wedding is like a a ceremonial space in some ways. I mean, literally, I guess you call it a ceremony, right? So it's, um, (laughs) yeah. so, So creating a similar sort of space where people can feel that permission and seeing other people doing those things or see other people having like heart connection and having deep conversation with someone. And so maybe that's going to, you know, maybe they're not going to go to 50 people and like spill their heart out, but it's going to open them up to having a one-on-one interaction with somebody that's going to be transformative for them in some way.
2: And permission comes from visibility in general. So just like having people dancing and like literally like going back also to your last comment, like usually like when you're at a club, you kind of want to look cool while you're dancing. You're like kind of restricted and like, Oh, am I looking cool? But, But this community, because everyone was just dancing however they wanted gave me permission to dance however I want, and I think that happens to people that stumble upon some of our, our dance parties or, or those dancing moments on catharsis. It gives them permission to just let loose because we hold so much stress in our bodies mm-hmm. and, and movement helps release that. And um and and we hope that, you know, when you come out you can get your dance on with us. Yeah, get those man, buggy got, shoes on I got a big plans <laughs> <laughs> <for> catharsis
0: <laughs> So um you mentioned this and I don't want to first of all let me say that i am excited to hear that there's so many different opportunities for a person to let go mm. right so you talked about dance you talked about art you talked about uh the, the burning temple in the end um the different conversations and speeches that people are going to have just the community uh, it's just the opportunity for people to connect and let go of who they think they should be i think is a a great thing so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to go so I can have this opportunity to let go but you touched on the burning thing and you said you can write down something and go and attach it and then watch it burn Yeah, can you elaborate on that because when you say burning man and burning a temple what is the temple that's being burned
3: Yeah, so typically what this looks like is that actually is like an entire structure that's built that looks like a temple Mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, the ones at Burning Man are huge. It'll be like a couple hundred feet by a couple hundred feet, something like that. Mm -hmm. And that entire thing is going to is like they set the whole thing on fire. It's all gone. It's just ash at the end. Um, and so that's the kind of experience that we want to recreate and so what people will do is they'll come and they'll you know that thing it'll just be covered in writing people will just write all kinds of stuff people will bring pictures of their loved ones that have been lost or from their art. yeah or their you know something with a relationship or something like that that they're trying to let go of or just sort of hold space for um, and so all those things will go up together in the flames and so that's what uh, we, and so Ethos touched on the Rinwick. There's an exhibit at the Smithsonian about Burning Man art that's there right now uh, at the Rinwick Gallery where they actually have a whole big room that's been converted into one of these temples. And people can come and, like, write on these little cards and put them in there. And they're taking them all. They have to replace them all every day because people leave There's so, so much stuff. And it's been mm-hmm. there for months and months. Um, but, like, all those cards are going to end up getting burned either possibly at Catharsis or at, at Burning Man next year. Um, and so, yeah, it's really personal. It's really immediate. It's it's not about like the art is at a distance. It's about we're going to come and, and interact with it. It's again, it's like, it's like that permission thing, like giving people permission to interact with what's in front of them. Does, yeah. that, does that answer your question? I mean, yeah, I'll yeah, it definitely does. Because I, I when that, when
0: you th- when you spoke at the temple, I was just thinking you guys would bring some type of artwork and, and would burn it. But um, we had a guest on not too long ago, and she talked about making dolls and having people put whatever trauma mm-hmm. they're feeling or negative experiences they've had mm-hmm. in the doll and then they sew the doll up, well, no. They, it's, they take whatever negative thought or experiences they may have had, and then they write something positive, and they put it in the doll. Mm-hmm. And so now they've turned that negative into a positive, and they get to keep the doll with them. So mm-hmm. they ca- instead of carrying around the negative, they carry on the positive. And it's similar to what you're saying. They write mm-hmm. the negative on this whatever or artwork or a picture, and they burn it, which is, in essence, as you were saying, spiritually um, and physically, you get to watch it go exactly
2: exactly if you don't mind actually there's a poem that that really struck a chord with a lot of people there would it be okay if i like share to give you kind of like idea yes all right cool um so it goes and now you have seen your death you walked up to it unaware drawn by its corner flapped in the wind how how graceful you thought yet simple beckoning imperfect concrete you had this chance to dance you had this chance to know each other, but it was looking the other way, and you weren't ready to see. Your death met someone else, and now we mourn them. But this is not a day of sadness for you. Maybe one for remembrance. One for the dance, one for life, one forgotten perhaps in time. One, one more day to smile without thought, a day to breathe and taste and fuck. Yes, one for the dance you remember now. This is a day for borrowing time and forgetting to give it back. A day for reading your own fate and deciding it needs a few tweaks. This day is a gift, poorly wrapped, but just what you need. Because you have seen your death now, it's a paper covered in loving prose on a picture of someone else. It's one candle shining light on another. The the telling of tales, simple acts, and lives turned. And somehow all of them are yours. And somehow all of them are here. These are borrowed days and debts paid. Walls tasked with tattered prayer their corners flapping in the wind stories of loss and joy forgiveness and regret full of everything you've ever done wrong and everything you have ever done right someday you will be ready to see and you'll find it looking right at you but there's no time for that now you have stories to write and have just found a day full of them just a day one forgotten perhaps in time but full of simple acts and lives turned in you this is the day to decide which story is yours (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: that's beautiful yeah. who,
3: who wrote that you man?
2: don't know but I I, my buddy went and visited the temple when he came back and was like there's this amazing poem and then I luckily caught it right before it closed and I read it and it's just like it really puts it in perspective um, what a temple is and, and what's there and, and now to go live your life to the fullest
0: wow yeah I'm looking forward to it so guys please give us all the information that we need for catharsis, as well as your personal information.
3: Yeah, so catharsis on the mall. It's happening at the National Mall, right by the Washington Monument. This year, it'll be November the 9th through the 11th. So that's a Friday through a Sunday. We'll start on Friday afternoon. It'll go through Sunday morning. we will be there 24 hours, so come down whenever. Um, is there food, drinks and stuff? So uh, they're not really. Unfortunately, it's a it's a First Amendment demonstration activity. So we're not able to like have vendors or anything like that. It's just based on the Park Service regulations. Okay. So it's definitely, um, you know, come prepared for weather, bring the things that you need. There may be people there that are, are willing to share. And I mean, we are in the middle of downtown D.C. So stuff is not necessarily like far away. A lot of times there's like food vendors and stuff around there. Um But, yeah, uh, our website is catharsisonthemall.com. We'll publish the whole schedule and a bunch of the artwork and stuff like that there probably a week or two before the event. Um, Actually, we're switching. It should note we're switching to a spring cadence next year. So, actually, the next one will actually be in May, the first weekend of May next year. It'll be warmer. The weather will probably be a little (laughs) bit nicer. Um, So, can look forward to that if you're not around in November. Um,
2: Instagram. uh, you find us. Everything's Catharsis on the Mall. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out our website. You can look more detail into the language we put into um, waking from the American dream. Um And if even if you have an idea, um I'm always encouraging people, if you have an idea, a project, something that you just need something to kick your butt to get you moving, Catharsis on the Mall is a great place to do that. So you can submit art installations, workshops dj sets live music sets whatever whatever if you want to you come have. and
3: help out work yeah, on volunteer. other people's projects all that stuff it's all on our website we're taking uh yep. we'd love to have you come and be a part of it
2: we'd be honored
0: all right what about your personal information do you want to give that yeah or?
2: absolutely you can find me on instagram ethosart20, ethos art 20 e-t-h-o-s art 20 yeah on instagram that's my main my main my main squeeze <laughs> <laughs>
3: um yeah and i'm joshua carroll um yeah you can find all that stuff i don't know probably not giving out phones or emails no air, no no please <laughs> excellent yeah. Uh, yeah joshua carol yeah <laughs>
0: all right guys thank you i will definitely be there i'm gonna try to uh camp out i don't know can we do that unfortunately no <laughs> all right i would <laughs> never be camp out. That's <laughs> okay. i'm, I'm, I'm think definitely want talking to <laughs> I, I'm, I'm talking shit then I'm, I'm, I'm do that. but I, i'm gonna be there so awesome. i'll look for you guys
1: yeah
2: i'm all right thank you so
1: for the work you do it's it's good work it's important mm.
2: thank you guys so much yeah. for having us out here this thank you all for the work that
3: you do this is beautiful super happy to be here appreciate the space all right thank y'all that's our show all
1: right out to chris enjoy your time back from jamaica yeah Listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on FullServiceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloudcom Full Service Radio.